0: Welcome to Along the Way. I'm John Matarazzo, your host and fellow traveler. Thank you for joining me along my way as I try to become more like Jesus every day. This episode of Along the Way is part two of Translating Life's Languages. In the last episode, I talked with Anna Kendall, the co-founder of Life Languages International. After I had that conversation with Anna Kendall, I found out my results for the Life Languages assessment. And in this episode, I follow up with Carolyn Santos, the Life Languages International Training Director. Let's get to that conversation right now. Well, Carolyn, thank you so much for being willing to spend some time with me. I know this is a little bit different than some of the other along the way episodes. I've got a follow up. And so, Carolyn, I met you whenever um, I interviewed Anna Kendall. And you are the International Training Director for Life Languages International. Could you please tell me what that is that you do and how long you've been working with them?
1: I'd be happy to, John. Thank you so much for the invitation. It's a privilege to be with you. So over 20 years ago, I was uh, in a pastoral um, position vocationally, and I was always looking for instruments on the market to help families that I worked with Mm -hmm. and children and teens and I was required to go to this leadership conference where they were presenting the life languages and frankly though I love doing these things I was so busy I didn't want to go and if I had I would have missed the biggest blessing of my life Mm -hmm. so halfway through that first morning listening to the presentation of the languages I said oh my goodness this is what I have been looking for. So I went two months later in April of 2000 and became uh, certified as a communication coach of the seven life languages. And the rest is history. I worked part time. Uh, with my regular job and then I would conduct seminars on the side and Mm -hmm. then every time I did a faith-based workshop someone from business would say you have to bring this to my company and then it just began to snowball so I have uh, 20 years I've been using the life languages and then Over a couple of years ago, I was invited by Fred and Anna Kendall and our new CEO, Gerald Parsons, to become the International Training Director. So that that means that I get to share with folks who want to change people's lives or work in business to change people's lives, how to become a certified coach of the life languages and the communication IQ system for life and business. That's that's
0: really cool. So you've been doing this for a while.
1: I have, and it is the joy of my life. And I now know what people mean when they say, when you do what you love, you never have to work another day in your life.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I love doing this podcast and producing TV as well. And uh, sometimes it, it still feels like work just because there is that, but I, there's that, that joy is overwhelming. uh, I
1: couldn't agree more. Thank you for doing what you do, by the way.
0: Yeah. So um, tell me about the life languages, because there's seven different languages. And in the interview with Anna Kendall, we talk a little bit about them and specifically the types that that she and her husband and her son were. Um, But I'd like to hear about some of the other communication languages
1: sure well i'll just hit the high spots from about five or ten thousand feet (laughs) yeah i know it's a lot to cover so yeah i know but it's still enough that you will be able to get a good picture oh good thank you the life languages were given to Fred and Anna Kendall from Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8. And that essentially says, as each one of us has received gifts, let us use them accordingly. And then it says, uh, let him who prophesy do so according to the proportion of his faith. Let him who serves in his serving, he who encourages in exhortation, he who teaches with in his teaching, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. And so those are the seven life languages. I like to call them the nature of the father and how he has wired each one of us uniquely to express him in the earth. So when we put that in terms of communication styles, how we express the father in the earth, we have seven languages, in three intelligence categories. Kinetic people, those are people who approach life first with action, then thinking or feeling. The emotive intelligence category, those who approach life first with feeling, then action or thinking. And then, of course, the cognitive category, which is big for you, John, that those who approach life first with thinking, then with action or feeling. So in those three categories lie the seven languages, mover, doer kinetic languages action can you hear the action oh yeah the absolutely mm-hmm. and you've
0: got and great then, little icons with these as well which is oh fun.
1: yes and anyone who has the book communication iq will be able to see these in the book as well as the chart that i'm going to be talking with you about today wonderful and then, Emotive category, there's influencer and responder, and those are the people, people, but they're very different in the way they approach people and then shaper producer and contemplator the thinking languages and yet each of them unique and distinct.
0: Oh, very cool. So where, where do you lie on this?
1: Ah, yes. So my descending order of life languages, John, are similar yet quite different from yours. So um, may I share yours first? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So and, and maybe your listeners can hear the difference. So you start contemplator, shaper, producer, responder, influencer, doer, mover. My descending order of languages are responder, doer, shaper, producer, mover, influencer, contemplator. So your first language and my last language are exactly the opposite. Okay. And my second language is your sixth language. So there you can begin to see that if you and I work together Uh um, on a daily basis, we may have to have some conversations to find a Common place to start because our languages are different.
0: Sure, and one one thing I really like from what I've uh, from what I've read and what I've heard from uh, from Anna and you as well is that everybody has all these languages. That's right. It's not like some of the other assessments that are, that are like the Myers Briggs or the uh, Enneagram or the Predictive Index, where you're kind of like in one area but not the others. With the Life Languages, you really do speak all seven just in different uh, degrees, is that correct? Absolutely.
1: Yes. You couldn't have said it better. One of the things that I like to say is that if the Father, for example, the scripture says Jesus said, weep with those who weep, and there is a particular life language that is not inclined towards weeping with those who weep, and so the Father would have been completely unkind and unjust. To say to all people hmm. weep with those who weep if he hadn't given each of us the ability even the ability that if even if i have to pull up on it from the very bottom of my being the ability to do that so even though there are languages that tend to be willing to weep with those who weep there are those that don't but when it's appropriate i have a choice with the knowledge of the life languages that's one of the biggest things for me is it gives me the awareness that i have more choices than i ever realized i had in communication some of the just some of them are just more preferable to me than others sure There's also another language that, well, another scripture where Jesus said, rejoice with those who rejoice. Well, there are some languages that do that naturally. And so if he had not given us the ability to do that by choice or by obedience, he would have been unkind and unjust. So the Father put, as Paul said in the scriptures, that he has given us everything pertaining to life and godliness in christ jesus so like david said we truly are fearfully and wonderfully made
0: that's awesome so i really like that we're not pigeonholed into one category or the other
1: yes we are a whole being so it's a very holistic approach to living loving working and caring for each other um, by knowing the life languages
0: yeah now before we started this interview um, I mistakenly said, you know, I took this test and you said, actually, no, it's an assessment. Could you explain why we use one term and not the other? And what's the the purpose of that?
1: Thank you, John. Yeah, people have test anxiety. And so when we say take this test, it implies good, bad, pass Mm -hmm. or fail, right or wrong and with the life languages we we say to people answer these questions take these survey questions the assessment because we have no preferred outcome as i said a moment ago every one of us are fearfully and wonderfully made the problem is knowing it or not knowing it can be the issue Um, as i shared earlier the descending order of languages. Mm -hmm. And between you and I, we have some very um, real, though not difficult. If we didn't know we had differences, that could be difficult. But knowing our differences gives us choices, knowledge. It brings the power of understanding to relationships. But even a person being self-aware of their profile results can help them understand where and why they may be prone to internal conflict, just you and I could be aware that we have external conflict because of our respective different results. So it's not a test, it's an assessment that gives us knowledge and understanding.
0: Right, and as you understand more about yourself, and then you realize that, oh, there's people that don't think the same way that I do, there's people that don't communicate the same way that I do, and they're not intentionally trying to annoy me because they're not getting what I'm trying to communicate. We're we're all different, but God designed us in a way that we can overcome those differences. Am I, am I saying that?
1: Absolutely, yes. And John, the beautiful thing about the languages that the Lord again gave Fred and Anna Kendall this download from heaven and, and did so over a number of years is that each life language... Though it's a particular, it's like knowing English, and Spanish, and French, and German, and being able to be conversational in all those languages. And yet when it comes to Russian, or Chinese, Mm -hmm. or whatever, Afrikaans, I no habla espanol, right? (laughs) I don't know how to speak that language. Yet, um, when I have understanding of the facts of each language, then whether I speak it or not, I can understand it and then act accordingly. And what I mean by that is, for example, may I talk about your absolutely? Primary? I was I just thought-
0: going to ask you. Let's let's talk about you mentioned about being fearfully and wonderfully made, and I want to hear how I'm fearfully and wonderfully made.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Well, first of all, your results, uh, and thank you for letting me share this with God and everybody, uh, oh, yeah. John. Because there's no good, bad, right, or wrong. So your descending order of languages happens to fall in the following way, and it's kind of the way. Uh, I like to say people process incoming and outgoing communication. Because as I said, we've got the three categories, kinetic, action, emotive, feeling, cognitive thinking, that I'm going to talk about how you tend to process um incoming and outgoing communication based on your order.
0: This will be fun. <laughs>
1: yes, it is. So, it's interesting now. This is different for everyone, but you happen I would based on how you answered the questions that you think, 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 feel, feel, act, act. Okay. So, it's very you have all three cognitive languages at the top. Then you have the two emotive languages in the middle and the action or kinetic languages at the bottom. That doesn't mean that you don't ever act or do anything because we all know differently than that. Mm -hmm. But it's how you approach things that you're probably very logical, uh, systematic, uh, strategic, resourceful, and you think things through almost sometimes ad infinitum that you could get even lost in your thoughts. Does that ever happen to you? Yeah,
0: just a little bit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So let's just talk about your primary language, contemplator. The contemplator life language is the most intelligent all the languages are smart, but none as academically intelligent as the contemplator life language. So you are in the top 14% of the population who have contemplator as their primary life language. Okay. Yes. So each life language has three major characteristics. So I want to ask you, intelligent, inquisitive, philosophical. Those are the three primary characteristics that when anyone is speaking contemplator, you'll see or hear these, which of those three could be all of them, could be two, could be none. Which of those do you most identify with intelligent, inquisitive, philosophical?
0: I would probably say inquisitive. All right. Which is one of the reasons that I'm doing this podcast is because I like to ask people questions and I want to learn from them. So I think probably inquisitive fits me the best out of those three.
1: All right, and if you were going to put them, do you relate to the other two at all, intelligent yeah, and yeah. philosophical? So if you were going to put them in descending order of priority for me, what what were the highlights for you? In, inquisitive, number one, mm-hmm. then then intelligent or philosophical?
0: Oh, that's tough. Um,
1: they could be tied. That's fine.
0: I'm going to say phys- philosophical and then intelligent.
1: Ah, well, I would put them in reverse order. Okay humble <laughs>
0: why, why why would uh, why would you say
1: that because again the contemplator life language they just tend to be so smart that sometimes that is the blessing and the bane of their existence is being so smart that sometimes they can find it difficult to connect with other people because they love deep conversation They love facts, they love information, they love to verify information and validate information and Mm -hmm. facts. And not everybody, again, 86% of the population do not speak contemplator as a primary life language. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah? So essentially, to varying degrees, 86% of the population, John, don't get where you come from initially. Okay. That makes sense? Yeah. So here's how talking about the contemplator life language um, a little bit more. I love this language. In fact, um, my late husband was a first language contemplator. My oldest daughter is a first language contemplator. And many of my closest friends are high Mm -hmm. contemplator speakers. And it's my weakest language. We tend to... uh, gravitate to our opposites right because we need balance so each life language has what we call a filter question that means it's like a set of lenses that people are looking through it's but it's an internal question that's pulsing that must be answered and for the filter question for the contemplator it's am i really interested in this So the question I'd have for you, John, is do you resonate with that question that if you're not interested in something you probably, you might have or probably have a difficult time giving it your all, would you agree or disagree with that?
0: I would agree with that. Um, Going back to when I did my radio school, um, like actually leading up to that in high school, if I wasn't really interested in something, I wasn't really paying attention. I wasn't the best high school student, and then something clicked in my 11th grade year, um, but I knew like, I wasn't ready to go into college right away, and so um, I ended up going on the mission field and then God opened up doors for me to do this radio school, but when I got there, I knew I was interested in it, and it was something that really captivated me. And I was able to, to just focus, like laser focus on that. And I got the best grades that I ever got in my life doing that. So I think if I am if I find that I'm interested in something, I'm locked in.
1: That is a perfect explanation, story, and experience that I often hear from those who speak the contemplator life language as a preferred. In fact, sometimes the contemplator life language is, is a complex language. I like to draw the picture uh, for others to help them understand how truly cognitive this language is. It's like if you could picture a scientist's laboratory, you know, one of those expansive mm-hmm. laboratories that where where they put this, this these elements together and then it spins through these beakers and goes through these tubes and circular yeah. and all that. And then all of a sudden at the end, this distilled essence of a drop comes out. That's what the internal world of processing is like for the contemplator speakers. And, and what others need to understand about that is that they're not delaying, they're not wanting to not answer you, it's just that I need to think about that. Whereas others go, what do you have to think about? Well, if you don't have contemplator in your life or in your results over 50, you don't get that. And therefore that's where we can start realizing that differences in languages can cause us to judge what we don't understand. So again, the knowledge of our profiles and other people brings the power of understanding to relationships.
0: Hmm. Okay, so what's next?
1: All right, so then the next thing in the world of the contemplator language is the need from others. Every language has the filter question, the need from others, the driving or life-giving passion and the key character strength so the contemplator's need from others is undivided attention or please give me my personal space and there's very little gray area in between do you resonate with that um you want to think about that don't I, you
0: i do want to think about that <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow that's that's
1: very telling um i mean me, while you're thinking about that let me say it this way sure The contemplator life language tends not to insert themselves into situations that they need to be given undivided attention, meaning that if you walk into a space where other people are engaged or talking or things are going on, you're not likely to walk into the room unless you know them really well and their close friends or family and say, hey, I've got this thought. Hey, I want to tell you something. Would you agree or disagree with that, John?
0: I, I would I would agree with that. I, I'm, I'm going to wait and kind of assess what everybody else is doing and, and hopefully come up with a good idea to help them or go along with what I think is the best idea.
1: Yes, and therefore, people need to understand that when people are kind of holding back and being very pensive or thinking... The contemplator life language typically has a lot to say, but they need or want people to direct their gaze to them, acknowledge them and say, tell us your thoughts. But mm, if okay. if yeah. someone doesn't give undivided attention in that way and invite you to speak, those who speak the contemplator life language tend not to insert themselves into situations um, or or events like that. So yeah, undivided, that. A- I'm sorry? I get that, yeah yes and then personal space the contemplator life language of all the languages needs and i emphasize that they need more downtime than the average person or the other life languages because they need the time to process not only their thoughts but their feelings as well because they run very very deep and it takes energy for the contemplator to even think about their feelings and Absolutely, then to even admit, <laughs> yeah. do you agree with that oh
0: yeah yeah
1: yes so that's the need from others either invite me or when i'm talking to you please don't be multitasking and doing other things that's not undivided attention so uh, when my husband would walk into the room where I was, and knowing that his first language is contemplator and his need for me was undivided attention, I would put down my phone, stop stirring the pot, turn mm-hmm. and look at him and acknowledge his presence. And that alone was enough to invite him to open up and engage. Otherwise, he might just walk away. The contemplator language doesn't usually go away mad, but they just may go away.
0: Okay. Yep. Yeah, that 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 fits me pretty good
1: (laughs) Uh, then the driving and life-giving passion for the contemplator is just to know in Mm. fact do you you've already told us that you love to know things so on a scale of one to ten john to know how would you rate that ten being the highest one being the lowest
0: i'd probably say like eight or nine it's it's pretty high, but uh, I still like to leave room for uh, other things to to you know take up that other ten percent or whatever.
1: Of course, I'm glad you said that because your contemplator score is 68. That means that you're going to identify with about 68 percent of the attributes, qualities, and characteristics. Okay, that, that's what that means. Uh, Mm-hmm. that make up the contemplative life language. So your score being 68, you're going to identify with some more than others and some not at all. It's knowing what you do identify with, knowing what you don't, so that you can either cultivate the things that would help you or minimize the things that are a little, maybe a little over, over-accentuated. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. All right, then the key character strength for the contemplator is loyalty. And this is an interesting kind of loyalty. Um, I asked a contemplator male, uh, a man who spoke contemplator as his first language one time, I said, who's your best friend? And they, he thought, and he thought, and he thought a minute and said, I think it'd have to be Dave. And I said, so tell me the last time you talked to Dave. And he thought, and he thought, and he thought, and he said, it's been about six years and I said interesting so that is the world of the contemplator they're loyal but they may not reach out in an effort to connect because it is it tends to be quite an internal language but the beautiful thing John is that you're not just a contemplator speaker you have six other languages mm. shaper which is the quintessential leader the born leader, all the languages can lead, but the shaper is the most leader of all of the leaders. The producer life language, which is gracious gracious and hospitable and loves to manage resources like people's knowledge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then you have responder, the, the language that wants to help. And instruct people and likely being think, 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 and loving knowledge. You want to care about people and help them by infusing them with information and knowledge. That's how you likely most care about people. Absolutely. Then, yeah. Yeah, Would you agree with that? Yeah, and tell yeah. me how so.
0: Um, like, because I, I don't want to just help people in their current situation, I want to help them for the long term. Like, here is. Like I just want to help people kind of reframe the way that they look at things. Sometimes it's like, okay, you made this mistake, then let's look at it this way so that we don't do that same thing again. So it's not it's helping them out of that situation, but also dealing with the uh, um, the future forward concept
1: absolutely the that's i'm so glad you said that because that that brings in both your second language shaper all right let's get a plan for this all okay. right if you don't have a plan you're planning to fail yes exactly, so yeah. and then one of the other things that the shaper life language may love to say would be proper prior planning prevents pitifully poor performance
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: do you identify with that oh, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm not always,
0: uh, sometimes I'm guilty of, of not, not, not planning things the whole way through, but I, I appreciate that whole thing. Uh, I appreciate the planning a lot more than, uh,
1: Yes, yeah. and sometimes, John, with your, and that can help us understand where and why we may have internal conflict, even where our languages are, and help us work better with ourselves. Because the contemplator loves to think, 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 and then your shaper is only five points difference. And then because of that, you think about plans, but then the contemplator, here's a beautiful, I want to verify this with you, so okay. can you help me out here with Absolutely, an experiment? Yeah. All right. The contemplator life language tends to love thinking things through, but their internal world of of thought is so real and so deep and so living that it's almost like virtual reality. So that sometimes for those who speak contemplator, thinking it can actually feel to them as though they've already done it. Okay. Okay you may have to think about that but in other words when you think so deeply about and your shapers helping you with the plan we got to get a plan Mm -hmm. and then you think about the plan and you just said that sometimes i don't actually think through or follow through on that plan could it be because you've thought about it so much and you've realized the end result that it's like, okay, well, the pressure to do this is not as deep as it was now because I thought it through and I can see it. So now let's just take it easy and move one step at a time. Yeah,
0: I I would, I would agree with that. Yeah. The, um, something that, one of my favorite things growing up was um, those Rube Goldberg machines if you're, if, you're, if you're familiar with that at all the, you know, it's like this shoe that's attached to the broom handle swings and kicks this thing and, and <laughs> it causes this ball to roll down this way and then eventually, it's basically a mouse, like the game Mousetrap yes! but they were super complex and so my brain just kind of thinks, okay, if this happens, then this is going to happen and this is going to happen and this is going to happen and sometimes it creates a downward spiral where it's like, okay, this is the worst case scenario um and i kind of come up with what that is and then i'll back it up a few steps and i'll say okay that's the worst case scenario anything else that doesn't happen like that i think we're okay (laughs) so
1: that's incredible and that now see i knew mousetrap when you said it but the first thing i thought no i don't know what that is but of course you would know the 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 official title of that right right Uh, That's beautiful and again I do not have that quest of I just have to know as far as for me if the lights if the lights come on when I flip the switch that's all I want to (laughs) know. That's beautiful john Uh, another question to ask you um, about that is do you ever get lost in thought
0: oh yeah. And Definitely.
1: easily distracted? Okay. Yeah. Um, I There's so much that we could talk about. In fact, when our coaches meet with people, and part of becoming a coach is that we could actually spend five one-hour sessions together to fully, and maybe not even fully then, to extrapolate all of the personal understanding and insight that one can gain from your your profile but you have a very strong cognitive leader manager caring and then also now i said that your kinetic languages are your lowest languages Mm -hmm. but your your doer is number six but it's 47 So any language over 50, we call those fluent life languages. That means that you can access both the strengths and weaknesses of all of your languages over 50. So you actually have six languages that are only 20 points apart. And that's one of the things I think makes you exceptional at what you do now, because you can be fluid and speak with six out of the seven languages quite naturally.
0: That's really interesting. Yeah, I, I I feel like I communicate well with a lot of different people, and I try to, uh, I naturally try to figure out how can I help this person understand what I'm trying to say. I think yes, that, that's helpful as a, as a TV producer and podcast producer as well.
1: At no least I hope. kidding. The how can I help that person have better understanding? And the the gifting from the father that corresponds with the contemplator life language is the gifting of teacher. So that doesn't surprise me at all.
0: Very interesting. I do have a couple questions. I know you just said that we could spend five one-hour sessions, and we're about a half an hour into this into this conversation right now. And so I easily see how we could do the, we could do that. But um, so on the on the score chart that I have, or not the score. I guess it is a score chart.
1: Your um, results. My results.
0: Okay, thank you. Uh, you know different terminologies and sure. things like that. I'm so used to. Uh, the testing world, but I like the results. That's better. So there it says there's a range of thirty yes three five or something like that. Explain what that range means.
1: Yes. I'm glad that you ask again there's so much that we could cover. So the range is your first life language score minus your seventh life language score is thirty points. So your contemplator sixty eight your mover is almost 38. Mover is your seventh life language. And that means there's a 30 point range between those seven languages. So any range, the lower that number, the easier it is for people to naturally move within their languages. Okay. The higher that score, the more difficult or challenging or intentional a person has to be to stop speaking their preferred communication styles and drop into another language in order to be able to connect with other people. So the higher the range, the more difficult to speak your weaker languages. The lower the range, the more fluid one can be, but also the more intentional that you need to be to be clear when you're shifting from one language to another. Because remember, they're all asking questions and all have needs from others.
0: Right. Very. Very interesting. There's so many more questions that I have for you. And um, this podcast is getting on the longer end, but uh, maybe we can continue to have this conversation, but we'll, uh, we'll let, uh, let the listeners go. But I just appreciate your time and uh, being, being willing to tell me more about what's going on inside of my, inside of my brain.
1: <laughs> well, John, it's been a pleasure.
0: I'm so glad I had the opportunity to learn about my life language's and to have Carolyn help me understand more about how I communicate and how I can improve my communication. If you want to learn more about the life languages, you can check out the book Communication IQ by Fred and Anna Kendall, and on their website you can take a free assessment to find out your primary language. I highly suggest looking into that. If you missed the first part of this episode, you can go back to Along the Way episode 16 with Anna Kendall. The links for part one with Anna Kendall, the book, and the website will all be in the show notes. Thank you for listening to Along the Way. If you've enjoyed joining me along my way, please share this podcast with a friend who you think will be encouraged by it. Also please rate and subscribe to this podcast. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and at my website alongtheway.media. You can find all of my contact information in the show notes. I hope that you've enjoyed this part of my journey. And may you realize when Jesus is walking with you along your way.